0: Buddies, hola, muy bien. I am. I am Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions. Hello, buddies. It is I. I am here to welcome you to episode forty, film forty, Dracula's Daughter or Daughter of Dracula. uh, I see it referred to as many titles, but those are the two. The Blu-ray looking at in front of me is Daughter of Dracula. The source book, Murderous Passions, Volume 1 by Stephen Thrower, states it titled, Dracula's Daughter. So I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between those two titles. But uh, yeah, so once again, episode 40, film 40, and I come to you today from the um, Franco Observer Podcast Studios on the grounds of Desperate Visions, And that is in the unknown territory of a little island floating underground off the coast of California. And uh, we strapped in and watched Dracula's Daughter fool fangs ahead. Uh, Fangs for the memories of Dracula's Daughter. Uh, It's a Portugal and France and Spain co-production 1972 original theatrical title and country of origin. Afalha, Afalha, Afilha, de Dracula, Portugal, Daughter of Dracula. La fille de Dracula, French title, Daughter of Dracula. See, they got out as Daughter of Dracula all the way, and he has a title as Dracula's Daughter. Spanish title, La Higia de Dracula, Daughter of Dracula. So, yeah, I mean, it's Drac- Daughter of Dracula. Alternative title, Daughter of Dracula, Belgian. Uh, Curse of Dracula, Netherlands title, Die von Dracula. A German DVD. Elaine Jungfrau und den Karin von Vampiren. We also have the shooting title is The Hand of an Assassin, which is interesting. I like that. La Mine de l'Assassin. And we have Planned 2003 but Never Happened. La Vampiris Elia Sexo. Production companies on this is... uh, Interfamily Productionis Cinematografes LDA Lisbon, and uncredited uh, Compteur Francois the film production of Paris, and uncredited as well the Madrid, which is uh, Cooperative Phoenix Films. So yeah, Parents Paris and Madrid is uncredited, just like on the under the title they have it as a Portugal and France and Spain are uncredited. Uh, theatrical distributor, um, Compteur Francois de Film Production. Uh, there's no record found of a Portuguese theatrical release. Let's see, this didn't really have much of a release. Um, shooting date is circa January, February of 1972. French visa issued December 13th. Wow, about uh, 10 months later uh, of 1972. And it finally played France of uh, December 14th, 72. And played Belgium in January seventeenth of seventy four. About uh, a year and a year later or so. Uh, theatrical running time: France seventy eight minutes. Some sources say seventy nine minutes. Uh, Spain seventy four minutes. Cast: We have the lovely and talented Britt Nichols uh, returning for yet again. This is her chunk of um, Franco filmography. She's in pretty much all these films from like Virgin Report i believe or maybe one or two before that all the way to like quite a bit she's like through uh i think she goes up into about like sinner or uh just past demons i think she's i think she's in vibrating women i think and uh yeah i'll have to look at my discs but yeah i think she's kept kind of perverse or she's kind of starts figuring out there but yeah she does she does quite a few um all right, we have Anne Liebert, one of my favorites again. She returns as well. Did quite a few films. And she goes quite a ways as well. Uh, plays Corrine, uh, Luis's cousin, um, Britt Nichols' cousin in this. Alberto Del Bia plays a pre- police superintendent, Purchisco. Uh Daniel White plays Count Max Carlstein. Uh, Jess Franco plays uh, Cyril Jefferson, Count Carlstein's secretary. Um, Howard Vernon plays Dracula, of course. And we have Yelena Samarian as Anna Kramer, hotel owner, and Jefferson's wife. She's really good in this film. Um, Eduardia Pimenta, first victim, and Cochita Nunez Margo, the cafe waitress. Credits, director Jess Franco, screenplay and adaptation, Jess Franco. Director of photography, Jose Clements, as Pepe Clemens. Original music by Rene Silvanio, um... French producer Robert Denisel, who was in this period they worked together almost all the, every film. Uh, he's his producer at this time. Spanish producer Arturo Marcos Trejordor. Uh Still photographer Howard Vernon. That's cool. That's one thing that's really nice is learning that Howard Vernon did the still photography on all the films he was in. So it uh, adds another level to the coolness and talent of Mister Howard Vernon. Uh, color on this is Eastman color. Let's see. It says. Um, There was a newly created title sequence for the German DVD release of this, and uh, it adds a few following credits, um, but I'll go over that here. So let me go over some of the notes in the book here. Um, Production note, shooting virtually nonstop by now in the neighboring Portuguese towns of Sintra and Cascais Franco mounted another vampire story hot on the heels of Dracula, Prisoner of Frankenstein. The result, Dracula's Daughter, seems likely to have been a back-pocket affair, dependent on adjacent productions for its finance. Despite being available only as a French version called La Félie de Dracula, the film, according to French-language prints, a Portuguese production from Lisbon-based Interfilm, with no French or Spanish money involved, uh, Comptour francois de film production distributors, and through their auspice, the film saw theatrical release in France and Belgium. Pardon me for a drink. (sighs) Calorie-free iced tea. Um, Although the film was never released theatrically in Spain, a 2003 German DVD release as Ein Jungfrau und den Kulon von Vampiren, made with Franco's personal involvement, using a French-language print, credits two Spanish companies belonging to producer Arturo Marcos and... Uh, Marty Films both are listed as copyright holders oddly Cooperative Phoenix Films was not credited in the 70's French print they were however a company with whom Franco did regular business circa 1971 to 73 for instance they were the official co-producers of Dracula Prisoner of Frankenstein and Devil's Island Lovers the films made immediately before and after Dracula's Daughter let's see it is then reasonable to wonder whether the German DVD sees Franco belatedly acknowledging that Cooperativa Films, knowingly or unknowingly at the time, co-funded Dracula's Daughter. Review Dracula's Daughter is the weakest in a loose gothic trilogy that begins with Dracula, Prisoner of Frankenstein, and climaxes with the third film, Erotic Rights of Frankenstein. Somehow it manages to be both more conventional and less coherent than its delirious siblings. Although Franco contrives several scenes of peculiar charm, and there are occasional glimpses of what might have been. Despite the impeccable Transylvania credentials extended by the title, the first few minutes are more akin to a giallo film of the early 1970s as a lurking figure, represented by a close-up of a staring eye, observes a young woman enjoying a bath. A subjective camera ducks behind doors to avoid being seen by the victims-to-be, stretching our Credulity by wandering into direct view without the woman reacting. The attack is the work of a darkly dressed figure glimpsed in a shadowy blur, the archetypal giallo killer. And yet the thriller vibe is misleading because we're actually in supernatural territory with vampires, blood sucking, and an appearance by Count Dracula himself. Mysteriously, however, the theme of vampirism is downplayed and obfuscated, resulting in a mongrel whodunit upon which supernatural concepts are haphazardly superimposed as if the altar image of Dracula, Prisoner of Frankenstein, had burned itself onto Franco's creative retina. Carefully photographed, for the most part, save for a few out-of-focus zooms, and dignified with a delightful, even whimsical, orchestra score, Dracula's daughter nevertheless squanders these attributes with a senseless narrative in which characters pop in and out of the story without explanation. Plot threads unravel in confusion. For instance, with a laxity of protocol that would enrage any nobleman, Count Carlstein goes unintroduced by name for over a half an hour, leaving us wondering who the hell he is. Uh, the story has a simple enough narrative conceit as its center but it nevertheless feels muddled. Scenes that ought to have dramatic weight are thrown away, including, amazingly, all those featuring Count Dracula. Elsewhere, relationships in general are either underdeveloped or occluded by panicky editing, which seems to be fighting a losing battle with a dearth of appropriate footage. It's difficult to say whether the film fails because it lacks focus or because Franco is trying too hard to tell a straight story and fumbles the ball. In Dracula, Prisoner of a sign a purposeful delirium engulfs all aspects, plotting, music, editing, camera work, and performances. Dracula's Daughter, on the other hand, is a relatively sober film in many ways, yet it's hobbled by underdeveloped scripting and a sense that the director is eager to pack up and move on with the story only halfway through. It may seem rich to criticize the film for being a mess given the magical decoherentness I praise elsewhere in this book, but there is a genuine distinction to be made. Dracula's Daughter is a straightforward story that's been neglected in the writer's busy schedule rather than a giddy free-fall through genre imagery. The craziest flaws, especially given the title, is that no dramatic capital is made of Louisa Carlstein's transformation from naive young woman to lesbian predator. The garbled storyline subdues her in a minor role lacking focus or menace. In fact, she's so lackadaisically presented that we struggle to comprehend exactly what she's doing much of the time. The central relationship ought to have been that of Luisa and the Count with the incestuous necrophiliac possibilities played up front. Instead, much of what's happening must have been guessed, guessed by the audience. Entering Dracula's crypt, Louisa clutches her neck in a prematory spasm of horror, but we never see the monster pounce, nor for the matter, get out of his coffin. Brett Nichols brought a wonderfully icy, dislocated quality to her role as and Virgin Among Living Dead, but as Luisa Carlstein, she's less than captivating, only really coming to life during an erotic lesbian blood-sucking scene with Lebert um, and Liebert. The narrative ends in disarray. Carl, Count Carlstein limps off, never to return, after his mistress blows the cover on the romantic affair. We know virtually nothing about him. He's expressed not a word of concern for his daughter, nor so much his opinion regarding the black past of his family. Jefferson, Carlson's secretary, announces that he will destroy the vampire to wipe out the monstrous breed. However, he flunks the job when he gets to the crypt, leaving the heroics to Charlie, a largely peripheral so, a peripheral journalist. Charlie stakes Count Dracula through the forehead, while a cop who couldn't care two hoots about sets fire to the unspecified and almost indistinguishable occupant of the second coffin. It's supposed to be Louisa, but you never guess from the way it's shot. We're given no close-up of Brit Nichols, and information is further withheld by an unhelpfully low-camera angle. Only the tip of a nose and a glimpse of long hair allows us to suppose that the ostensible star of Dracula's daughter is being immolated. Being immolated a carelessness or strategic avoidance Uh, that will leave many viewers tooting with aspiration. Despite the failings, there are still, as so often in Franco, incidental pleasures along the way. The sinister, gloomy atmosphere is a palpable pleasure throughout. We get to witness Franco's favorite composer and close personal friend, Daniel White, at the piano, and it's always a pleasure to see Elena Samarina, who distinctly haunted features, also enhanced one of the best Paul Nashie films, 'll Shadow, 1971. Dracula's daughter is a far-from-top-flight Franco, but if you love his more accomplished work, you'll probably enjoy a visit to this minor attraction, too. Newcomers, however, will find it a puzzling experience at best. Yeah, I showed this film to uh, Eric, of course, and my brother, who had maybe seen one or two Franco films. And he and he liked it, but he is as I, as Eric, where we were kind of confused with some of it because uh, they don't give you all the information you kind going have to try to figure out as you go along. Okay, Franco on screen. Franco plays the Carlstein family secretary Cyril Jefferson, who emerges as the most interesting character in the film. Cuckolded by his wife Anna, uh, who's been hiding and who's been having an affair with Count Carlstein, he decides to forgive her, and his dialogue with the woman he loves is a highlight of the film. Though humiliated, he accepts her plea to save their marriage um frego's acting is excellent here and the lines ring true in a way the rest of the film doesn't even try to match his character is also the sole voice of speaking in favor of belief in the supernatural although to the police he's just a nut with uh the superintendent commenting you're obviously an educated man jefferson but you choose to believe in such silly things music french sources credit the music to René Silviani. René Silviano, born in 1903, was a composer whose previous scores uh, I Am a Fugitive from a White Slave Gang and uh, Le Due Orphanelles, dated back to 1965. Uh, the more recently generated German credits named Daniel White with additional music by Jesus Franco and Isabel Caladas. Location, Dracula's Daughter is another film shot in and around the Palacio de Montessorite and the Palacio Conde Castro Gumiares in Cascais. The latter stands in not only for the Carlstein Castle, but also the police station, the police cells, and the lobby of Anna Kramer's Hotel. Other scenes were shot in Sintra, Portugal, and Murca, Spain. Uh, scenes featuring Daniel White leaving the police station and being accosted by Charlie the Reporter were shot in La Villa Josia, AKA La Villa hoicia a picturesque coastal town between Benidorm and Alacante, Franco would return there in nineteen seventy three for the aborted production La Casa de Ab- Abrahocado. Connections The name Carlstein echoes Carmilla Carl Karnstein from Sheridan Lafoe's Carmilla, which is one of the original vampire deals. Uh, social lesbian vampire, and uh, turns up again in Franco's 1973 film *Female Vampire*. After Count Carlstein is after Count Karlstein is arrested on suspicion of murder, his mistress saves him at the cost of blowing the cover of their affair. A plot element recycled from Franco's *The Sadistic Baron von Klaus*. Other versions none. The film should not be f- confused with *Dracula's Daughter*, which is a Spanish VHS title for Jose Larance's *Vampires* 1974. Um, and I guess IMDb adds uh, Lino Romay's name and Luis Barbo in it and Fernando Bilbano who's none of the three are in that um, Luis Barbo's in the next film Devil's Island Lovers but not in this one uh, and in the film before but not this one so yeah um, you'll hear our review later uh, I've kind of dug it after I think about it more I like it a little more but uh, yeah it's, it's something that you have to watch a few times kind of just take it as it goes Um I watched the uh, Redemption Blu-ray. It's got the uh, French with English subtitles, audio commentary by Tim Lucas. Uh, I haven't watched any of that yet, um, or listened to that yet, I should say. And it's got the alternative safe footage with less sexually explicit, and it's got the original theatrical trailer. Okay, that's cool. Um, let's see, two thirty-five 1920 by ten eighty p, eighty-two minute version on this. Yeah, it's a it's a good print. Um, it's really nice. I would recommend it. Um, what else do you want to say? A mission statement, praise and memory of just Franco, bringing the name and films of just Franco to new eyes and ears weekly. And it's cool. Uh, it seems like just Franco always keeps chugging along, you know, even in death, he gets more and more popular each year. There's probably going to be, uh, here in 2021, about four or five Franco films released throughout the year. Hopefully we know two coming up for sure. Um, At the end of, I think we're looking at June, I think it was, um, through Severn. So looking forward to that, whatever those two may be. Probably, I'm thinking early 80s releases, uh, maybe late 70s, probably early 80s. um, Probably around, uh, maybe 81, I'm thinking, 80 somewhere, 82 at the latest. Um, Okay, what else do we want to talk about here? Please download the episodes. Uh, Increases the numbers. Uh, Rate and share on your favorite listening platform rate on iTunes, uh, leave us five stars. Say why you like this podcast, what you like, what you want us to see. You can get a hold of us at, uh, Franco observer at yahoo.com. If you want to leave us any emails, you can find us on Facebook at Franco observer, uh, podcast there on, on uh, Facebook. And we got a page on Instagram at Franco observer podcast. You can see all the pictures, uh, weekly updates. You know, we drop episodes every Wednesday morning, um, west coast time actually 1 a.m. so wherever you're at i guess east coast would be 4 a.m. and then uh london would be 8 hours and then everywhere else further and further so um yeah so please uh, always subscribe and you'll get them delivered as soon as they drop so yeah pretty much every week the same time i try to make it uh the same deal and uh i upload them ahead of time so you know that uh, I try to take it seriously and not have it change days or change hours. I like it around the same time so everybody knows when it is and it's there. Because I like waiting for something and it shows up. I hate waiting for something and it's like late. it's always the worst thing. Whether you're waiting for a package or a movie or a show or whatever. And with 2020 being cancelled, you know, we're tired of fucking everything being cancelled. So, let's do this. Alright, well there's my little rant to end this part of the show. So, Alright, well um, I may or may not upload the trailer if it's there listen to that if not listen to the three of us discuss dracula's daughter and uh i think that should be pretty good so i will be seeing you later and uh wash your fangs wipe your blood and wipe your cape off at the door and we'll be seeing you for dinner Hey, buddies! Welcome once again to the Franco Observer podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, and I am joined today by my frequent co-host and uh, frequent looker-upper of Esperanza Roy, Mister Eric Whitwell.
1: Hey! So nefariously. Uh, so what?
0: So what have you learned about Esperanza Roy since we spoke last?
1: Uh, she makes me happy. Oh, I see.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. So she. Uh, you like see her recipes or like her daily thoughts or what was it that
1: makes her makes you happy? Her recent peas or recipes?
0: Okay. Well, um, speaking of bathroom habits, um, joined today by a third uh, person that is a guest from out of state. Uh, my younger brother, Mister Jared Rudy. Greetings and salutations. Greetings and salutations to you. So uh, this was one of his early uh, Franco films for him to watch. Uh, He came by and sat in and watched uh, Dracula's Daughter with us. This is uh, film 40, and uh, this is episode 40. Uh, Dracula's Daughter was made in 1972. It's a Portugal, France, and Spain production, uh, original theatrical title and country of origin, uh, Daughter of Dracula, um, La Fille de Dracula. Uh, La Fille de Dracula is the French one, and Spanish, La Higia de Dracula. Alternative titles, uh, Belgian, Daughter of Dracula, pretty much Daughter of Dracula all the way through. Uh, Curse of Dracula in Netherlands, Germany, uh Youngfrau, huh. uh, Le Dien Kalin von Vampirin, La Mine de l'Assassin, shooting title, The Hand of the Assassin. That's actually pretty closer. Vampiro de Sexo, obviously. Let's see, production companies, Interfilm Productions, Cinemagraphiques, uh, Lisbon. Uh, Comptou Francois de Frém Production Paris, uncredited, and Cooperativa Fénix Films of Madrid, uncredited. Uh, theatrical distributors. Uh, there's actually no recorded, no record found of Portuguese theatrical release, which is funny because this film, uh, as we go through and look, it looks like it really wasn't released um, theatrically, but but uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, so what we're going to do is we'll go through the basic synopsis and. Um, actually, no, uh, first. Let me think. I'm going to first do uh, some of the cast credits, and then do synopsis, and then talk to Eric. So we'll do a uh, shooting date on this. this is, uh January, February of 72. Uh, it got the play December 14th of 72 in France, so it did play theatrical. And then Belgium, January 17th, 74. Uh, theatrical running time, 78 minutes. Some sources say 79. Uh, Spain, 74 minutes cast. The lovely Britt Nichols as Louisa Carlstein. Uh, the amazing Ann Liebert as Karine, Luisa's cousin. Oh, wow, that was her cousin in the film. Uh, Carlstein's cousin, the main gal. Yeah, so that was her cousin she okay. was getting down with. I didn't know that. That's funny. Because it was related, but I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Alberto Del Belez plays the police superintendent. Pushtusko. P-T-U-S-C-H-K-O. That's interesting. Daniel White... Uh, He was cool. Uh, He's Count Carlstein in this. That's cool. Um, Jess Franco, of course, plays Cyril Jefferson, Count Carlstein's secretary. Uh, Howard Vernon is Dracula. Uh, Yelena Samarina is Anna Kramer, the hotel owner and Jefferson's wife. I love that name. Yeah, she's cool. That's the one I thought was the best victim. So Jefferson's wife. So... Okay, so, okay. Wow, so she was... Franco's wife in that film. I thought they were just like a couple that sometimes dated or maybe wouldn't want to date. So yeah, so she. So basically, Franco was her husband. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, because it has her as Anna Kramer, hotel owner, and Jefferson's wife, and then Franco was Cyril Jefferson, Count Carlstein's secretary.
1: Wait, so the the blonde, the lady the the lady that uh,
0: he was talking to. That ran the hotel or oh. ran, the, ran the cafe or the bar there, the, the blonde that didn't get naked. Yeah, 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 the yeah, 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 uh, yeah, really cute one. Yeah. Of course, that's Franco's wife. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, so she played, yeah, but it's funny because I thought they were just like a couple that might have got together yeah. they said, oh, we were old fools or like they didn't really care about each other. We're like, oh, if nobody else can do it, then I'll get with you, like type yeah. of thing. I know that they were actually supposed to be married in the film. That's pretty funny because <laughs> you wouldn't know that by just how it's presented. Uh, Eduardo Pimenta, first victim, and Cachita Nuen- Nunez, Margot, cafe waitress. Uh, credits, <clears throat> Jess Franco, director, screenplay and adaptation, Jess Franco, director of photography, Jose Clemente, uh, also as Pepe Clemens, uh, original music by René Silviano, um, French producer, Robert Nissel who works with Franco many times. Um, still photographer, Howard Vernon. Oh, wow. So that's yeah, why he that's wasn't. True. Yeah, so he was a still photographer for this. Yeah. That's great. Besides his, because he didn't really do a lot in this as this the Dracula. Uh, note the German DVD release of this film as Jungfrau und Kalen von features a newly created title sequence that adds the following credits editor, uh, music, Daniel Y, additional music, production. Okay, so some of that is the newer. We saw the newer credit sequence. Okay, so synopsis a uh, Spanish coastal town in the present day. A young woman is murdered in her home by a shadowy female presence. At the one-time home of Count Dracula, the Karlstein family gather. <clears throat> the seriously ill Countess Carlstein gives her daughter Luisa a key to the locked basement of a chapel crypt and implores her to go there. You must find out why I am dying. Before Luisa can obey, the Countess expires. Police find the body of the earlier victim on the beach. Charlie, a journalist, takes an interest to the case and emerges emerges that locals attribute the crime to the supernatural. Count Carlstein's secretary, Cyril Jefferson, chides the journalists for mocking this mystical explanation. Louisa enters the basement and finds two coffins. Count Dracula emerges from one of them. Later, a shadowy figure terrorizes Luisa's cousins, Karina, in the Carlstein Castle bedrooms. The next day, she and Luisa reminisce about their close childhood friendship before making love. A second woman is killed, Miss Dorian, a dancer at a local nightclub. An eyewitness is beaten across the head with a wooden cane by the fleeing killer. The victim's description of the cane leads the police to suggest that Count Carlstein, who walks with a cane or who walks with a limp. Uh, Charlie breaks into the Carlstein castle and finds the cane. However, Anna Kramer, Jefferson's wife and the owner of a nearby hotel, reveals that she was with Carlstein at the time of the murder, making love in a hotel room, thus giving him an alibi, but revealing the Count's betrayal of his friend and secretary. Jefferson elects to forgive Anna and announces that he will put an end to the monstrous vampire curse. He enters the crypt, but hesitates when he sees Louisa and Count Dracula asleep in their coffins. Charlie and the superintendent arrive. Charlie takes the stake from Jefferson and hammers it into Count Dracula's forehead, while the superintendent sets fire to Louisa's coffin. The end. So, Eric, what you think of the movie?
1: Uh, real simple. Like yeah. A very, very, very simple, simple film. Still, I mean, he flexes his artistic muscles with his shots and exterior shots. And yeah. Then, like, so, I mean, really beautifully shot. I like, once again, really beautifully shot, but very, very simple. Very yeah.
0: simple. And actually reading, like, some of these films, we read the synopsis, and you actually kind of learn more from some of the stuff, like some of their jobs and stuff. I didn't really catch that he was, uh, Jess Franco's character was the secretary for the Carl Steins and then was married to the woman that ran the hotel like I didn't know that you know? yeah watch the whole fucking movie but you learn it from afterwards
1: yeah usually like we're learning like what the plot was by reading what. The yeah <laughs> Which is Yeah. this time we're just realizing oh that's who they are yeah. yeah but we know the plot but we now we're like okay that's who they are and
0: uh this he's seen her before but uh tell me uh, what you think of Miss Britt Nichols
1: fuck man oh my <laughs> god <laughs> seriously like i'm gonna start taking up rugby yeah like, i thought <laughs> yeah i told eric about who she married and all uh, you know, her, her situation and that so yeah yeah every funny. time i saw her oh my god yeah. dude i forgot about roy oh yeah or uh <laughs> lena for yeah not lena not yeah, lena yeah, but yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But she's god she was gorgeous she's absolutely yeah, gorgeous no, she, she's amazing beautiful.
0: just another franco woman that's just so different than the other ones but just so beautiful and like her lips, her eyes, her clothes, just everything about her is just so amazing, you know.
1: You want to go and just thank her parents for being. Um, yeah, thank you for having sex. Yeah, with thank each other. you for not, you know, being careful and cautious. Yeah. Thank you, you know? for not
0: having anal sex.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah you know. Yeah.
0: Just go up to them and say that, and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Okay, so um, let's let's segue from anal sex into the uh, list. This is kind of like a- for the anal retentive list. No. Uh, okay, so let's see. Number one, body of water. Yes, it yes. starts off body of water. Uh, no number two or number three. <laughs> I like that. No number two. <laughs> no poo. Or, or number three. Uh, so yeah. no sailboat or no boats. No, no boats boat. of any kind in this, uh, which is kind of good because there's no escaping of dreams because they're all stuck in their death of reality, I guess. Uh, number four, palm trees. Correct. Yes. Uh, five, jungle sound effects. No, but there's bird sound effects way over the top. Yeah, a little like bit.
1: like an owl that sounded. Yeah, seagull that's
0: you know, yeah like seagull sounds on the beach. Those are whatever a little bit extreme, but not, but not crazy. Six, chained up person.
1: I don't no. think so. No, yeah, no one's
0: chained up. No, it's tied in the coffin. But that's uh. yeah um number seven dance scenes on stage stripping halfway there's dance scene. there's no stage what all the world's a stage so there you go <laughs> there we go
1: there, there you, that's a good that's uh, a but, good but uh yeah
0: right. no i mean they actually danced i mean she everybody surrounded her and watched her so that was a stage per se you she, know? Did, yeah. she did did. she stripped
1: she did the awkward strip again yeah. like the, what the they,
0: taking off the shirt and laying on the ground and like just pretend like you're i don't know Sinking into the ground. Like, or, like yeah. when
1: you can't get comfortable when you try to go to sleep. Yeah. like, you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're rolling around in bed. Basically, yeah. what she did on the ground while a bunch of people stood around her smoking cigarettes.
0: Yeah, and kind of like drank beer and then like got back to the conversation yeah. like two minutes later when she got up and like it was no big deal. I was like, okay, there she goes, you know. It's a very interesting stripping in this, but I always like them. Number eight, club scenes dancing. No. No. Just that one that we saw the stripping. Number nine, jazz music. Yes. Uh, uses, um, some kind of like piano and uses, um, some uh, classical music, but does do some jazz music in a few of the scenes, which are really cool. Some of the more girl scenes, the nudity and the dancing and that. Number 10, excessive zooms. No, but 11 out-of-focus shots, yes. Yes. Quite a few out-of-focus, unfortunately. Um, more than I, the book says, but I've quite a few. Uh, number 12, mirror shots. Yes and no. There's a cool reflection where you used off the glass to have... Reflection of like uh, the castle against the person and the waves and a few things. That was, he used that, but not, not too many uh, mirrors in this. But he used the illusion and the reflective quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Number 13, mind control theme. Yes, vampirism I would consider mind control. Uh, 14, magic tongue scenes. Uh, now this isn't Lena, but Anne Liebert uh, does a little bit of magic tongue dancing with her tongue. Very small dancing's not a full Lena shuffle, you know,
1: Yeah, but it was on the nipples as well. Like, yeah. But like, she would
0: just do a couple of flicks and then pull her tongue in and she wasn't like doing the whole, you know, but I wonder, nope, though, nope.
1: I wonder though, cause like during that scene, a lot of it, like her face was behind the breast and then she would come up and you'd see her tongue was out. Like, I wonder if she was like just licking the side of the breast, not realizing where the camera was located. Yeah. Well, like, maybe the there's
0: another was... uh, alternative uh, view or something, you know, camera angles too. No,
1: I am going to be looking for that.
0: Because back in the day, like uh, when DVDs like first started doing stuff, and they were doing like porn on DVDs, I remember like vivid and that would have multiple angles. Yeah, it was like thing, and you'd be like three or four angles, and it was like the regular one you watch, and then one was like somewhere farther away, or it was a side shot, and you would just see a different side of it. Yeah. that's what they probably could have done with some of this. Oh, like, I remember angle two. Yeah, yeah. They stopped doing that, but that was like a thing they did for a few years. It was a weird thing. Uh, let's see.
1: Okay, uh, number fifteen, red light. I said no, but my brother and Eric said yes. When again the club scene, it was kind of oranges, but it was also reddish. It, but it was like a okay when they're like, like smoking cigarettes. Yeah, it was kind of like a red hue over them. Like okay,
0: yeah, that kind of a thing. Not a straight red light per se, like we seen. But yeah, it's got the feel of it, I guess. Uh, Sixteen, no uh, sheepskin masturbation with sea item. No, no. The two on that. Seventeen, mad scientist, no. no. Uh, there's ca- castles and all that stuff, but really no mad scientist. 18, fish tank shots. No. no. 19, no talking parrots. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> no talking monkeys, nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, number 20, in credits. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Uh, number 21, handwritten signs. No, I don't
1: think. Yes. I didn't see any handwritten yeah. signs. At one point, I, I was like, oh, man, that's a really cool, like, uh. Box like a like almost like a jewelry box. Oh yeah, yeah. But when I was looking at it, it almost looked like the like the something on it was drawn like for a design. Oh yeah, where she
0: pulled out that key from that it, that thing.
1: But like uh, I don't I don't know if it was or not.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last one, spiral staircase shot. Eric caught a spiral spir- sp- spiral staircase in the background when she was running out of the yeah. f- shot, running to the shot, I should say. When she's
1: running out of the opposite entrance of her bedroom.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she had a really cool fucking room. Where, like her fucking setup was really nice where she was living. Dude, um she's hot. Well, no shit. I'm talking about a room, though, not how oh, hot she is. Hi. I said she had a cool room. Not oh, she's hot.
1: I know, but I just couldn't <laughs> help myself, dude. I just couldn't help myself. I just well, thought of her again. Okay.
0: Well, speaking of can't helping yourself, uh, the first nudity in the film comes at uh, two minutes twenty-four seconds. Uh, we always time it the first scene. Um, so yeah, that's that's a not too bad for Franco. Not ten seconds, fifteen seconds, like we like. Well, we've know. kind of been
1: on like a five-minute. Yeah, yeah recently yeah. it's been like yeah. at least like five minutes so yeah, it's always nice. got a little a bit quicker to it,
0: yeah, like Robinson he goes through the riding the bike and the whole thing, but then you see that girl in the waterfall that's like right after that, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty close, yeah, so you're right, it's pretty close on that. um my thoughts on this film were like I liked it it was it was cool, um it was when he was in his gothic phase, he did this, and then the Dracula prisoner of Frankenstein, then erotic Rites of Frankenstein. And he did this after, uh, of course, the Vampyrus uh, Van Lesbos and, and all that. So he's in that that, that zone. Um, he uses a lot of cool shots, a lot of the girl-girl stuff. He uses a lot of the tracking on their bodies, similar. Like Eric was saying, he really cool, beautiful shots in this, great locations. Uh, you see a lot of the other um, insides and exteriors of places he used before. Um, Franco Franco's really good in this, too. He actually acts, I think, the best, in my opinion, of his roles. I mean... He's good in, in Eugenia stuff, but he actually is like – it's funny too. We were watching this knowing that he did it. It's like he's the one that knows everything. He's the one that uh, knows how to kill the, the the vampires, and he goes to do it even though he doesn't do it. The other guys do it, but he'll get credited with it. And you know he marries this beautiful woman. And you don't know, so it's like he has all his bases covered in this. You know, oh, so but
1: on top of that, like one of his first speaking scenes when he came out, like he just speaks in this waxing or waning, right? Like poet, poet, you know, of the darkness, and they're going to come feed on the nights and the birds of blood, and yeah, it's just it's kind of he just speaks in like this dark poetry.
0: Yeah, it says here, Franco plays the Karnstein family uh, secretary Cyril Jefferson, who emerges as the most interesting character in the film. Yeah. Cuckled by his wife, Anna, or Anne Kramer, as the script, audience insists, who's been having an affair with Count Carlstein, he decides to forgive her, and his dialogue with the woman he loves is the highlight of the film. Though humiliated, he accepts her plea to save the marriage, adding a gentle but devastating reproach. I'm the last resort. You'll stay with me because you see no other solution. That's all. Maybe one day we'll tolerate each other with indifference like old fools. Actos, uh, Franco's acting style is excellent here, and the lines ring true in a way the rest of the film doesn't even try to match. His character is also the sole voice speaking in favor um, of the supernatural, of the belief of the supernatural. Although, to the police, he's just a nut, with Superintendent Prichko commenting, You're obviously an educated man, Jefferson, but you choose to believe in such silly things. Uh, locations. It's filmed in and around the Placeo de Monteserres and Placeo Conde Castro Gumieres in Cascais. The latter stands in not only for the Cornstein Castle but also the police station, the police cells and the lobby of Amacraner's Hotel. Other scenes were shot in Sintra, Portugal and Marica, Spain. Scenes featuring Daniel White leaving the police station and being accosted by Charlie the reporter were shot in La Galiciosa, a Petrus coastal town between Berndorn and Alicante. Frank would return to there in 1973 for the aborted production La Casa de Aborte. Uh, connection. The name Carlstein echoes up Camelia Karnstein from Carmela and turns up again in Franco's 73 film, Female Vampire, with Lena Romaine. After Carlos Carlstein is arrested on suspicion of murder, his mistress saves him at the cost of blowing the cover of their affair, a plot element recycled from Sadistic Fair and Klaus. Other versions, the film should not be confused with the similar Dracula's daughters and his uh, Spanish VHS title for Vampiros. Uh, okay so cool uh, I'm also going to ask my brother Jared Rudy what did you think of the film
2: I liked it I've only seen this is my second Franco film that I've seen I think I've seen Venus and Furs but my brother told me there's two versions so I may have seen the other version mm-hmm. but I liked uh, the settings in this I think he chose really good scenes it reminded me of like a Hammer Horror film which I really enjoy the women were amazing looking uh, except the old lady she yeah. was not she was not sp- spectacular looking at all yeah the costume. <laughs>
0: Eric was fascinated with her moaning, yeah. though. He kept talking about her moaning a lot. He was just really just... Yeah,
2: I'm glad I was sitting away from Ben when he was yeah. moaning. Uh, he, no.
0: <laughs> he kept shifting around un- Uncomfortably shuffling so. in his
2: pocket. Yeah. No. Um. But uh, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was pretty cool. And and I and like I said, like the locations are amazing.
0: Yeah. Let's see. If you watch Franco's film, like I was saying yeah. before, he, he has such beautiful places. That's just you yeah. can go on a travel vlog just watching his films. They're and so everybody
2: good. in it is very fashionable. which oh, yeah. Which I like seeing cool clothes. Of people I always because I always like fashion people. I always thought was kind of neat. And yeah. And. And everybody in it just, just looked fantastic. Yeah, no, that's looked, very true. looked great. I mean, I mean,
0: it's... Yeah, everybody fit their role really yeah. well. Nobody looked out of place. Even Franco looked And the silly. piano
2: player was actually pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah, the
0: guy, the, yeah, the old uh, Matt, or the yeah. uncle. Yeah, he was exactly. actually really good. And Franco knew that, so he's, like, played two numbers. And he showed him playing the whole time and stuff. And that playing was really cool. Like, we were mentioning before, uh, the playing of the piano sequence with the two cousins are getting it on. It was, like, the guitar player in the other film where he just plays in the background and sets the mood... And he does it for the enjoyment of the experience, even if he sees it or doesn't see it. He just creates the scene, and so by him playing the piano, he's setting the scene for these two women because he knows it's going to happen. So he just lets it happen, and that is a cool characteristic that Franco puts in that we always try to find and admire and, and like and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I think this might be a little bit of a shorter one because it was kind of a shorter film. We kind of jammed through it. Um, do you have any like final thoughts? Or well, yeah, there's of a couple I things know? I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, go like, for it.
1: So it was kind of funny, like during that whole piano scene where it's like beautiful, just beautiful piano playing, where you s- intricate. You see his fingers, and then you see Franco's shadow with the camera. And, oh yeah, lowering, yeah, down, he's like rising awesome. up and kind cutting of <laughs> across. Yeah, you can see his back. And it does take you out. then same. he ducks real quick, like behind? Yeah, the piano. he's trying to lower to get that slower shot. Yeah, yeah. No, So I thought that was awesome. That's funny. Because um, he always has something in his movie. Like, yeah, there's always like you one see little a reflection shadow. or an eye or, or something like yeah in the back. On like <gasps> yeah, the glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really funny like, okay like this is just you know my humor whatever but like right. in the beginning yes, yes she was moaning like she was fucking like the old was lady the one was one moaning yeah. like I'm sorry it sounded like sex noises right and the guy says <laughs> the guy says we came as fast as we could <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah so Eric yeah so I love that. That, that, that that cracked me up but I loved when when um the most one of the most gorgeous women on the planet goes up and that's her mother that's doing the moaning and she says uh I'm going to give you this key. You must go there and look, but prepare to see horrible things. Yeah. Horrible, horrible but things. This is
0: why I'm dying.
1: Yeah, yeah this is yeah. why I'm dying. Yeah. Get this key and go look at those horrible things. I'm just thinking like, that's fucked up. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, mom, you're about to die. Like, Right. Can you and like...
0: I've told you this your whole life. This is something that you've yeah. never known and now I'm going to spring it on you. I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Not
1: only are you going to deal with your mother dying, but you're about to see some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I that, that cracked me up how it began. Um, I thought it was really interesting that the guys went to the bar and they drank pear brandy. I don't think I've ever heard oh, yeah, of pear, yeah. pear brandy. So now i got to look into that. I don't know if that's like a European thing yeah, or, or what, but yeah, yeah. I'm curious to try pear Wait, brandy. Maybe
0: look that up when you look up uh, Esperanza Roy. Esperanza Roy and pear brandy. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: maybe i we'll have pear brandy after I look up Esperanza Roy yeah. to, to relax and bring my heart rate back down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, there's another line that was said that I, I loved, and it's when... Um, when she was talking to, oh gosh, so Britt, right? Britt? Britt Nichols, yeah. Britt Nichols uh, was talking to the other girl, and the other girl was like- Her cousin? Her cousin, yeah. yeah. And she's like, I'm so happy to see you, and blah, 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 I'll blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And she said, um, she says something like, I caught a bird in my arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. And picked its eyes out with a needle what the fuck was that yeah, like I saw a bird and I picked his eyes, eyes out with a needle and, and she talked about the way she felt and she says I felt the same way when you showed up yeah she, I felt the same yeah, way when yeah. you showed up yeah it's like wow because the other girl was saying like I got so excited to see you like yeah, I'm yeah. so happy to see you and she just
0: shuts her down like yeah. just boom almost like hey man you know I this really yeah it's basically like saying like she's death or whatever yeah. that she's some fucking weirdo you made me yeah.
1: feel like doing a ruthless act yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? like that's basically what you say. Like you made me feel like do something like horrible. Yeah, yeah I just totally fucking. Yeah. Feel it uh, that those things just kind of crashed. Well, no, that's good. That's, that's those were two, like, two good cuts, points. And yeah. Howard, Howard Vernon, like he had one thing. He did one thing this whole movie, and he got the main credit in the beginning. Yeah. They even had a rectangle around his name to make yeah, sure he's you boxed, saw him, separated from everybody else. Yeah, yeah. and all he did was. Lean up in the box. He, he did crunches. He did a crunch. Yeah, like worked on his core. leaned up with this crazy look on his face. That was well. He he did change his look twice. He changed it when he when they, he brought that woman in to put in
0: the coffin. His eyes got bigger. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah 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 bigger, oh, yeah. Oh okay he was, like, yeah. Ready to feed. But yeah, that's but, true. That's but true. only two
2: different things. Ah, uh, he got excited because she was topless when she went in the casket. Oh yeah yeah. That, that's why his eyes got wide. But, but okay. you didn't see it though either. So and kind of I bet thing. you in that in that casket he's probably doing kegel exercises too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is. That- <laughs>
1: As well would if you are in a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Right, no room exactly. to do jumping jacks. Yeah. Might As well, work on those kegels.
0: <laughs> well, either, that, either he'll be sneezing or he'll be coughing. <laughs> oh, go! Oh, oh, <laughs> so you gotta take your ticket, show you see. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's fair. There is a lot of beautiful gals in here, and uh, Ann Liebert's in it, and I say Esperanza Roy,
1: and uh, Britt Nichols is
0: in it. Oh, a little
1: slip there, huh, Jason? Yeah,
0: because. Uh, because her name is so fun to say, and, and who do you know that says Esperanza Roy, you know?
1: Who has breasts like that? Well, it was quite funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, it was a little anticlimactic, to be honest. Like, yeah, um, it just kind of went to the finish. And yeah, it's it just, just like done, all yeah. this build up for like an hour and so buildup, and then they just go and kill him. You know, like, yeah. simply, very simply. Like, he just fed. So you would think like he was like he would have some kind of like strength to get up, at least make a lunge for them.
0: Yeah, I know. He doesn't really show a, a struggle or a, they just always kinda of take their death as it comes. They don't really yeah. fight. There's not like which you're talking about like the old monster movies, they'd always fight and then things yeah. break and the fires and stuff. Yeah, this they just kinda of, like, Okay, kill me, you know. It's yeah. Like, Okay, yeah, I've seen that with a few of his vampire films. Kind
1: of but like that. it was cool that he drove the stake in the forehead. Yeah, that was and a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of the heart, he drove the stake in the forehead. I thought that was pretty sick.
0: And this film had really good doll, or, um, uh, sound effect like uh, uh, replacing like that when he was nailing the, the stake in the head, and then when she slapped her cousin. Yeah. Like a couple of those, I was like, your fucking Foley's really good. Like he, they had it nailed down, good. Yeah, it like was, really good sound effects, and it was it sounded good. And those those extra touches really added to the effect of those certain scenes. The hammering, and the stake, and the head, and the slapping, and a few things. I I really caught my attention. That he does do a lot of Foley, and that one he did and sounded good. Not a weird like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, nailed the <laughs> nailed the hammer in the head. It goes.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, Something that's... <laughs> Totally unnecessary.
1: Unnecessary. So, but, uh, but appreciate it. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, uh, the next episode we'll be doing "Devil's Island Lovers," uh, also known as "Erotic Violence in a Women's Prison" and "Lovers of Devil's Island." So, yeah, uh, that's an that's episode. Can't
1: you just give me the the female actor's name ahead of time so I could do some uh, nefarious uh, research?
0: Serranza. No. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Who is in this? Uh, give you a little. Uh, God damn uh, Howard Vernon no. Okay That's all actually I mean. Britt Nichols Okay that's all Okay, okay there we go Prisoner
1: Ann Liebert Oh there <laughs> we go And she's
0: uh, Deaf brunette prisoner uh, Who else we got in here
1: Wait uh, deaf Brunette prisoner
0: Yeah mm, Wow dude She can't hear it's so, just, so so if you fart around her She couldn't hear it No that's amazing Yeah I know uh, Let's see <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's basically the two. The other people have a lot of first timers, I think I don't recognize okay. names. But yeah, those you definitely got the uh, Britt Nichols and Ann Liebert connection again. So okay. well, yeah, I guess I'll just awesome. have to wait to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So same bat channel, same bad time. So all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I want to thank my younger brother, Mr. Jared Rudy, for making the trip over and joining us on this episode.
2: Thank you. I had a lot of fun, and I'm going to try and start watching more Franco films now. This is really fun, and I'm going to try and start watch. I'm going good. to try and track more down and watch them.
0: Yeah, that's what we do here. We like to try to get everybody watching Franco films, now. and Jared's one of the first uh, listeners of my show too. So I have to have him on for that good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. So, so listening. Good. Listening proudly in Utah. Good, yeah.
0: He's, <laughs> he's the Utah connection for all of us. So and, Jared has and,
1: always had pride.
0: Exactly,
1: Utah pride.
0: <laughs> and uh, speaking, and uh, thank you, Mr. Eric Whitwell, again for joining us. Hey, beautiful uh, nights, yeah. beautiful nights. And we're getting ready to start knocking out these films, so this will be fun. But uh, going to knock out a few things first before we knock out some films. So please subscribe. Please subscribe. Yeah, please subscribe. Download. Please. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell a friend. Uh, subscribe. Download. Rate. Share. Um, find us on Instagram at Franco Observer Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at uh, Franco Observer Podcast. You could reach us at Yahoo at Franco Observer at Yahoo dot com, and uh, you can also find us in the yellow pages. Not just kidding. So, all right. Beautiful days.
1: Beautiful nights.